Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Sin City talking casino loyalty programs with expert Michael Traeger of Travelzorg. So many people love to gamble when they visit Las Vegas, but they're doing it wrong. Michael shares excellent tips to increase your chances of getting free stuff and future invites from casinos. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash casino. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. This episode is brought to you in part by RewardExpert.com. They offer financial insights to make life rewarding. RewardExpert offers three amazing tools that will help you find the best deals based on personalized recommendations, earn more travel rewards or cash back through the shopping portal, and discover how many miles it would take to book your next vacation. Visit wetravelthere.com forward slash reward expert for more details. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I know we're talking about Las Vegas today, but we're actually going to come at it from a little bit different angle. When a lot of people come to Vegas, one of the number one things they want to do is gamble. And yet we know that the odds are not really in their favor, but... I know you're the man that helps tilt those odds back in the favor of the consumers. So let's let's get into that. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I, the number one thing when people are always looking at Vegas, they're always hearing about, you know, comps. How do I get stuff for free? And I think, you know, there are some people who are energized and, and want to learn about that. And then there's the other group of people who are sometimes like, well, I'm not a big gambler. I don't gamble enough. I'll never be able to earn anything or I shouldn't bother. But that typically tends to be a bad attitude to take with regard to that. And that would be similar to someone saying they don't want to join a frequent flyer program because they don't really fly that much, right? Exactly. So I try to encourage people to at least go into their recreational gambling with some kind of strategy. And I think, you know, it's a little bit harder sometimes to talk about gambling than it is about travel because you always have to get to the point where someone's saying like I don't gamble much and you say well what what does that really mean I mean there are truly some people who will only put $20 in a slot machine and that's all they'll put in for the whole weekend that is absolutely not gambling very much but then <laughs> there are some people <laughs> but then there are some people you know 500 a day is what they consider a legitimate amount of money, you know, that they're comfortable enough risking and 500 a day bankroll, you know, let's call it 1500 for a weekend. You know, there are significant things that you can do, or, you know, some more significant than others that can help you get more bang for that gambling buck. For sure. And just for the listeners, when you say $1,500, we're not saying that we're going to lose $1,500. We're just talking about being able to play with that $1,500, right? Exactly. I mean, there's a whole, you know, you have your bankroll. That's the money you're going to play with. Now, realistically, you should never gamble with money that you're not willing to lose. But if what you're gambling, if the games that you're playing are decent games and in relation to what that bankroll is, your bets make sense in relation to it, you're probably not going to lose all that money. For example, If you were talking about a $1,500 bankroll and you were playing $5 blackjack, if you could find it, which you could downtown in Vegas, well, you know, an average bet of $5 to $10 off of a $1,500 bankroll, if you have 
any skills at all at blackjack or understand basic strategy at all, you should be okay. You should be pretty safe because you could play, you know, the game has a very low house edge, which means that it should pretty much so, you know, even itself out. You shouldn't lose that much money going into what they would consider the long term. Of course, you're not playing in the long term. Now, if you have $1,500 and you sit down at a blackjack table, that's that's $100 average. Well, I mean, you do the math there. You hit one bad run, you could be down... You could be down eight hundred dollars in ten minutes, <laughs> so <laughs> that's you're going to lose your fifteen hundred rather quickly. So yeah. one of the important things is to make sure in gambling in general that your unit that you're betting, you know, is is sort of relational to you know what your bankroll is, and that could go that could be the same for. You know, slot machines, everyone says penny slots. They're not penny slots. They're multi-line, multi-denominational. But, you know, you could be betting as little as 85 cents a spin. 85 cents a spin with a $1,500 bankroll, you're going to be able to fool around with your slots for a while. $25 or $50 a spin with a $1,500 bankroll, well, you're either going to get lucky or you're going to be out of money really quickly. So as long as you're smart about what you're playing and what your bet size is in relation to your bankroll, there's no reason there's no reason you should lose that money. Let's kind of start from the beginning a little bit. So if somebody's coming to Vegas for the first time or coming back and they haven't joined any loyalty programs, what's the right way to start picking a loyalty program from one of the casinos? The right way of picking a loyalty program, there are a couple of different right ways. But quite frankly, if you don't gamble that often, or if you want to limit the amount you're gambling, you don't, you know, maybe you only have this limited bankroll that we're talking about, you know, maybe your bankroll is only $500, you should probably go with one of the, the larger programs like Total Rewards from Caesars or MGM MLife because they're large national programs with very, very strong marketing. The other advantage is they're in additional markets and that can be very helpful for you because casinos like to market to where you're geographically located. So even though, for example, you're playing at MGM in Las Vegas, if you happen to live in a zip code that is close to Borgata Atlantic City or MGM Springfield, they're probably going to send you some marketing offers for those those regions based on your Vegas play. So that can also be beneficial. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then on top of that, because they're the larger programs, they'll probably have multiple locations within Vegas. So if you're if you're hopping from casino to casino with your buddies, there's a good chance you're going to be spending money with the same program in multiple locations. Yes. The only thing that I like to to caution people about, this is a tricky one because what the casinos tell you it isn't exactly accurate. When you very simply, when you look at a frequent flyer program, say you're in Delta Sky Miles, Delta doesn't penalize you at all if you fly. I mean, especially, especially now that you're earning based on revenue. But but setting that aside, if you only earn a hundred Sky Miles for a flight, and if on another flight you earn two thousand Sky Miles. It doesn't really change your rating with Delta. I mean, Delta's concerned about how much you spend in the course of a year and how many elite qualifying miles you have to determine your customer evaluation. Well, casinos are actually, they create a valuation of their players on a more micro level. 
And a casino has has a score, which is called your ADT, which is your average daily theoretical, otherwise referred to as your Theo. And it's really, really, it's funny when you think about it. It's basically how much money that they're predicting you're going to lose every day that you play. Okay. And so if you had an ADT of 300, they would estimate that your theoretical loss would be $300 a day in Vegas. And they would stage your marketing offers based on that theoretical loss. And now we have to be, would we say theoretical loss, that's totally by the math. So if you look at a game like, you know, if you look at a slot machine, those those have holds that are around 10% house edge. So video poker can be as low as 1% to 3%. Blackjack is a half a percent to 1.5%. You know, so those are what we're saying is the theoretical numbers, which are based into the long term. Casinos, you know, fundamentally are, are most concerned with how much money you're going to lose in a given day. But the thing is, the casino only knows what you let them know. So, whereas you would never not give your Delta SkyMiles number when you're flying on a Delta SkyTeam partner flight, because there's no disadvantage to ever earning points, in casino programs, there can be a disadvantage in having days that fluctuate a lot in play, especially separated by casino trips, because the casino's trying to actually figure out how to calculate this theoretical. So cutting to the chase, if you have never been in a program like Total Rewards before, you've got this great opportunity. They know nothing about you. So if they know nothing about you, the best thing to do would be to go in and give them the most play that you could afford to possibly give them. Ah, okay. So instead of spreading it out, five bucks here, 10 bucks there, you actually want to just kind of go in there and come in as if you're kind of like a high roller based on whatever your standards are, come in a little bit of a high roller. That way they perceive you as as somebody that's going to spend a lot of money in their casinos. And that way they'll give you those offers based on you being a high spender, like a whale versus somebody that's more of like a minnow. Right. You know, even take it in more of a, you know, a micro level, you just want them to perceive you as a larger player than you are. Because if a casino can perceive you as a larger player than you are, they're going to market to that larger player. Now on Travel Zork, we've talked about this before. We call it the big play casino gambling day. And we've actually done like a three-part series about this concept because it's one of the stronger concepts out there. So I usually, what I say to people, and I'm a, I'm sort of a test kind of guy. I love to test things and experiment, which is sort of the way casino loyalty works. So if you came to me and said, I've never played and never been a member of Total Rewards, I'd be like, great. Let's sign up and let's take what your entire bankroll and and let's just let's just play, you know, <laughs> let's just use that bankroll and just play just in one casino day. And that's it. And then and let's just be done with it and and then let's see what marketing offers we get from that. And it's it you could be really quite surprised sometimes at what happens as opposed to playing just a little bit on Thursday night at Paris, Las Vegas, and then maybe on Saturday night playing at Caesars, because then the casino is going to be calculating this ADT on these smaller amounts of play. It really could be quite interesting to see what happens, you know, because obviously the casino sees higher play. They want to do things to incent you to come back. 
you also have working in your favor that you're a new player, ah, new person to loyalty. It's like, oh, goodness, we've got a new guy here, you know? So this is, this is all powerful stuff if you haven't joined. The other thing I warn people about, which has very little to do with travel loyalty anymore, like years and years and years ago when frequent flyer programs were new, they used to give you like a bonus, like sign up for Sky Miles and we'll give you 5,000 miles if you fly in 30 days. Now you never get any sign up bonuses. Casinos do have sign-up bonuses or extra perks if you sign up as a new player sometimes. So I, I usually tell people, don't bother signing up online or signing up for a program unless you're really going to play. Because if I sign up for the program and I don't play at all, and then the next time I'm in Vegas three months later and Total Rewards has, uh, we'll give you two buffets for signing up, well, you've already signed up. You're not going to be able to get it. So you should only sign up for these programs when you're really going to use them. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cause in the, in the travel world, they tell you to sign up for any and all programs and just have those accounts established in the, the casino world. Like you said, it, it's better to wait until you find the right offer. Yes. And also remember, this is a little bit of the tough, you know, in the travel world, everyone will say you give your sky miles number all the time, or, you know, use your number and do shopping online and use the portals and all of these kind of things. You know, it's always like, always give your number. You can, even if you earn an extra point or two, that's no problem. I'm very much against that in the casino world because I, I don't trust some of the tracking. It's got a little bit better, but the usual example I give, if you did this huge strong day of play on Thursday and you've established what you think is going to be decent, you know, by the amount of, coin with with slot machines and video poker it's coin in with table games it's average bet usually what i would say or a combination of them usually what i would say is like say three days later you're about to leave for the airport and you want to put twenty dollars in a slot machine you know what just put the twenty dollars in a slot machine don't put a player's card in don't let it be tracked because you're only playing twenty dollars you're not going to earn much in points so like look at the risk reward it might not because it's the same trip or the same weekend, maybe it won't hurt your average, maybe it will, but why risk it? I'll give you an example. You know, sometimes if I'm gambling what I consider with a relatively large average at a property, I'm a table games guy. I love dice, dice and Baccarat. Those are my games. Dice is my favorite game, though Baccarat is my passion. If, if I've got a really good average at dice and a really good average bet at Baccarat, in the morning when I wake up and I go to play on the casino floor... I do what I call like coffee dice. That's like I go grab my Starbucks and usually, you know, I grab my star, I grab my iced <laughs> Americano, you know, you know, with a couple of shots and I'm at the craps table. And then, you know, it's always this is a great thing about casinos, free drinks. Right. So they come around. I ask for a double cognac, which I then throw into my Americano <laughs> or a double makers or, you know, works. All of it works really well. Sure. But, you know, I'll sometimes at those games, I'll buy in for a hundred, two hundred dollars and I'll be doing five dollar, ten dollar average, which is significantly lower than my regular average bet i don't give my players card because i don't want my host at the property i don't want the property to see this really good average bet at tables and then this really lower average bet now it is true they do understand that you sometimes fluctuates your bets sometimes but you know what they've got a certain picture of me i want them to keep that picture why should i confuse it and once again Earnings in casinos, especially for table players at a low average, like $10 average, $15 average, it earns you so little in comps that there's more of a chance it will hurt you. Now, everything is relative. So 
obviously, if you're a $300 average better at craps, and then you go and do a bunch of $10, $20 average, that's going to hurt you a lot more, you know, as far as your overall rating, than if, let's say you're a $50 average better, and you drop down to 10. So I mean, it's relative, but I think these, you know, I look at it like, it's not going to help you, but it might hurt you. And the way I always go into things, if it might hurt you, but it's not going to help you very much, then you might as well go on the safe side. Sure. That's great advice. What we're going to do is we're going to shift gears a little bit. When people come to Vegas, one of the things that's more of a recent trend is a lot of the uh, resort fees and a lot of the, the ticky tack fees that travelers are starting to get hit with. What are some of your tips as far as avoiding those fees? They're tough to avoid, especially the resort fees. The best thing you could do to eliminate resort fees in Las Vegas is to figure out a way to get yourself to Caesar's diamond status. And I know people have done it by matching to the Wyndham program and then matching from the Wyndham program to the Caesar's program. You could also do it by buying Founders card, and you could do it through some other matches because Caesar's is super generous for diamond tier members and they basically waive all resort fees which is huge in vegas now with the resort fees all be between 30 and 45 dollars mgm m life does not waive resort fees as a tier benefit and i make i'm really clear about that so like on total rewards you have gold platinum diamond seven star they waive resort fees as a tier benefit for Diamond and Seven Star. For M-Life, Gold, Platinum, Noir, they don't have any waiving of resort fees as a tier benefit. Now, if you are a large player, you can get resort fees waived or your host is going to waive it, but they're not going to do it as a tier benefit. You're not. That's not going to be very helpful to most people who don't gamble a lot, because just like I was just explaining, you know, you want to do some really targeted gambling to get the most points on a specific day so that you can then get good casino marketing offers. And you're probably not going to play as much on the next trip. So having to interact with a host to get a resort fee waived is going to be rather unrealistic. So I'm, I really I really think Caesars total rewards is very solid with regard to that. The other thing, I guess parking fees, There, I think there's still a couple places in Vegas you can park at, I think, without a parking charge. Maybe it's like Tropicana, and there are a couple of online resources for that. We also have a guide to all of that on, uh, on Travelzork. And I guess the other big thing is figuring out how to get free drinks, right? Because that's pretty important. Yes. So how do we get free drinks? Okay. Well, and that's becoming more complicated too, because the casinos in- instituted this horrible thing called drink monitoring systems, because they decided that they didn't want to just give drinks for free at the bar top. So you have games at the bar, like video poker and some slots and Kino. And you used to be, if you put $20 bill in a machine, that used to be enough. And you could literally be playing like a quarter of spin enough to get drinks. Now they've instituted systems that track your play and give either a red light, green light, or they kick out coupons for you to give the bartender for your drink. But in most instances, you could still get drinks on the casino floor, no problem at all. So I, I mean, my, my usual thing to people is everybody wants to play a little bit of slots you want to find an area where you see a cocktail waitress, you see the cocktail waitress, you say to her, hey, I'm going over that machine and like be ready. You know, it's, I'm always like, be prepared. Say, you know, hey, can I get like uh, 
two double gooses and soda and a Corona and a sparkling water door, <laughs> you know, like be ready with what you want. I mean, maybe not that ridiculous. So if you see this cocktail waitress as you're sitting down and you can give an order right away, or she's in that area, that's great. And then you're, you, you should be playing a little bit on the machine, but that could be as little as 25 cents a spin, you know, especially you've got all these complicated slot machines, so you don't have to go crazy. Or if you were planning to play it anyway, I mean, that's, that's fine. And then when the cocktail waitress comes, another great thing to do is you should always tip your cocktail waitress as well, but you should tip probably a little bit better for the first round of drinks. And you know what? There's no reason why you can't give her your second, you know, after you give her the, maybe the $5 tip, you can give your second round of drinks order when she delivers your first, you know, just so you're ready, <laughs> you know, for oh, the exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you know, all of this is strategy. I mean, yeah, my, my whole life is like strategy and preparation, but the other thing thing that is very interesting too is some of the the high limit rooms are particularly generous with the drinks now you do need to be appearing to play or play a little bit on the high limit slots but if you wanted to take a chance from a recreational perspective high limit slots have the lowest house edge uh you might be able to find machines that are as low as two dollars a spin though most are more like five to ten dollars a spin so you wouldn't want to play real fast but boy, oh boy, oh, you can get like at Cosmopolitan and a high limit slots. I mean, they're giving you the drinks that they're charging, you know, $18 for at the Chandelier Bar. <laughs> so you could pretty much so. So if you if you're with someone or one or two people and you're playing a little bit in, you know, high limit, you could get if you get a couple round of drinks and not go crazy, you know, with the gambling, that can be pretty good. The other thing is. I think it's a really fun thing to do in Vegas because Vegas is about luck and fun. Go to a high limit room, get two of your friends together, pull your money, you know, take like $200, $300 a person, decide what machine you're going to do, maybe move around and then just split it. And then you're like, we call it group gambling. It's super fun. And then you're all sort of in on it together. And that gives you a larger bankroll to play with, which is great for, you know, high limit slots, you know, and then, and then just decide what, the rules of what you're going to do are like I I did a group gambling session recently with some friends a couple months ago. The three of us pooled our money. It was like a thousand dollars, and it was sort of like we were going to take it down to zero or take it up to two thousand. And we wound up taking it up to two thousand, and then that was it. And we split. We got a couple rounds of drinks. You know, it's it's fun. That machine was maybe a. I mean, maybe it was a $10 spin machine. It's a lot of fun, and of course, you're getting great drinks in those high limit rooms, and yeah, you're but- in Vegas. And of course, like, because you've listened to this podcast, you know that you need to be the one that signs up for the loyalty program. That way, all that play is on your card, not on your buddy's card. Exactly. And think about, take this concept more powerful. So you've decided you've never played, you know, at this casino before, and you want to give them some really good play on that first day. Do that group play with your buddies that night, you know, right? And most people are usually fine. I mean, I know people who take it to a very organized level where they will do multiple casino trips and they'll say, Hey, this trip in Vegas, you're with two or three friends. You know, we're going to play all on this one person's card. <laughs> you know, we're going to pool our <laughs> money together and do that. And, and why not? You know, That's I mean, the way to do it. yeah, I mean, and Hey, you sometimes high denomination slots are very, very exciting. You know, even the $10 spin variety with the bonus levels, some crazy, stuff 
can happen, you know, and, uh, and the one best story I have, and I, I'm full of a million stories, was this literally happened to me, and I, I have the picture of it to prove it. I can send it to you. I have a composite picture. I was at Cosmopolitan, and uh, one of my gambling friends came, and and I was like, oh, you know, let's go down to Chandelier Bar. I'll buy you some drinks. And he's like, buy drinks? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I've got, he's like, are they going to comp it all off for you here? I'm like, I've got a couple hundred dollar in discretionary comps that they put on my account. It's fine. He's like, but you're going to charge you. My friend was like so upset that I was going to possibly pay for drinks. I was like, okay, so we can go to high limit. And I was going to play a little bit of top dollar. It's my favorite slot machine. I was like, I'll play a little bit of top dollar and we get free drinks. He's like, okay, but I don't want to force you to do it. I'm like, no, it's fine. We'll do it. We ordered a round of drinks. I think in the course of that half hour, I hit, uh, it was like a $3,500 jackpot, a $5,500 jackpot, and a $3,200 jackpot. Wow. <laughs> and we got our like three or four rounds of amazing cocktails at Cosmopolitan, and they still have the cigarette girls, and I think I, I managed to get like two packs of cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, But it was just the most hysterical thing, and it was all because my friend was like so upset that I was going to pay for drinks. This was extremely... When we talk about variance in gambling, this was off the charts in the other direction where I like could do no wrong. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't even have like I don't even know if I could fit all this money in my pockets. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with an eleven or twelve thousand dollar payday for wanting a couple drinks. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michael, you have just amazing stories. And honestly, I could probably sit here for the next three hours and listen to them all. But it's time for the final countdown. So Vegas is obviously turning into like really kind of like a foodie destination nowadays. It's kind of hard to pick one, but if somebody only had time for one meal when they come to visit Vegas, where should they go and what should they eat? It's a tough one for Vegas, but there's one restaurant that ticks a number of boxes for me, and that's Bouchon at uh, Venetian. It's a Thomas Keller restaurant. It's a French bistro. They also serve breakfast. It ticks the box for, I think it's the best place to go for breakfast in Vegas. They also happen to have a really nice like patio and alfresco dining. It's sort of like upstairs on like the sixth level of the, I think it's the Venezia Tower or whatever. But it's like it's just a great atmosphere. They have alfresco dining. They've got like the perfect breakfast atmosphere. They have the best croissants, really everything well executed. But they also have like really nice raw bar and really nice dinner and it's it's just a great atmosphere and it's sort of tucked away and it's out of the hustle and bustle of vegas and it's a little bit on that like european kind of flair it's great and and keller is one of my favorite chefs so that's a restaurant i really strongly suggest even if you can just go there for breakfast or brunch you'll really like it and then since it's vegas We've got to mention buffets, even though I'm not really that much of a buffet fan. And I, I really like Wicked Spoon at Cosmopolitan. I think that's a fabulous buffet. I think it's also very well executed. They've got lots of interesting dishes and ways that they present the dishes and small plates. And it, it's really nice. And I've been to Wicked Spoon, not a lot, a couple of times, but I always really enjoyed it. I just think it's a, a really nifty buffet. So I, I would highly suggest that also. Definitely. And for the listeners who haven't been to Vegas in a number of years, the buffets of old, yeah, there's still some of those scattered around, but the buffets nowadays, like a Wicked Spoon and some of these other places, are just top-notch. I mean, it's almost like elegant dining, you know, with some of the meal options at a pretty reasonable price. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's really, really good stuff. I just, there's just something I, I don't know, something I find sort of a little bit more charming about Wicked Spoon than some of the other buffet experiences. So, and I also happen to be a huge fan of Cosmopolitan. So, I mean, I just, I just think it's a great place to gamble, usually. And it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they have a lot of interesting fine dining. So, and, and the hotel is, it, it's just, t- I mean, it's Vegas. I mean, to me, Vegas Strip is cosmopolitan. That's, I just, and if anyone ever tells me that they're using points and staying at the Hampton Inn by the airport, I scream when it's Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Cosmo is actually part of Marriott's program. Yep. And so people may not know that. I love their advertisement. Their advertisement's always so cool on, on TV. Yeah, and they just redid the identity program. There's a lot of stuff going on there, but it's just a great, it, it, it just is Vegas. It's just the right amount of wrong. I think that's their saying. <laughs> yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> so you've been to Vegas, obviously, a number of times. You live in London now, but you've been to Vegas countless number of times. What's one of your favorite stories of being in Vegas? <sighs> Aside from winning $12,000 instead of buying a couple drinks. You know, some of the best experiences have always been fine dining experiences with friends. I had one particularly impressive dinner that was comped to a friend of mine at a Michelin two-star, which was called Alex, which was at Wynn Las Vegas. That was absolutely amazing. I mean, on, on a number of levels. I mean, the other thing that sticks in my mind is that I, I ended the dinner with a sherry from 1910. But that was just, it, it was just a great restaurant. It was even better. You know, it, it was just, it was just one of those like ridiculously decadent evenings for the, for the three of us. So, I mean, it was, it was really, really nice. But there's, I've, I've got a lot of fond memories of Vegas, but you know, Vegas is, Vegas is one of those interesting places. You know, I, I have to say, I love my alone time in Vegas because I enjoy the wandering and the gambling and there's always something to see. It's also the absolutely best city to arrive in if you're extremely jet lagged or on a weird schedule, especially if you're a gambler, because you know, you just wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you know and you go and play dice <laughs> because you've got a <laughs> casino downstairs and there's nothing better after sleeping a couple out but it's like it's like always open it's so much yeah. fun they say that new york is a city that never sleeps but i'm pretty sure vegas has taken over that mantle from them yeah it is and you know when i'm on the message board sometimes i i, I check out a lot of them especially like the uk vegas people and people are like oh jet lag is so bad and i woke up at three in the morning and my husband was still sleeping i didn't know what to do i'm like what do you mean you didn't know what to do you've got a whole casino downstairs <laughs> <laughs> and you've got the casino next door and i just love i mean i love the history of vegas i love wandering around and i just love looking at like what's going on there's just so much great people watching so to me that's it's just a lot of fun but the alone time i've always found really fascinating speaking of happy times where would you say the happiest happy hour is in vegas I'm going to say that the happiest happy hour is when you are not paying for drinks in Vegas. So I think you should make your own happy hour and, you know, find a slot machine, not put a lot of money in, flag down a cocktail waitress and drink for free. That's what I think is the best happy hour personally in, in Vegas. And that can happen at any time. That's my favorite price. Yeah, exactly. Because right, you know, even if the drinks are really cheap at a bar, you still have to tip. So the tips are the same, you know, everywhere. So I, that's what I would say. I mean, you gotta watch with the drink monitoring thing that's made it not as much fun, but the bar tops are really fun sometimes because you have the bartenders right across from you. So that's a great option. And there's still, you know, downtown Las Vegas, it's still a lot easier to get free drinks like at the bar tops. The drink monitoring isn't everywhere. 
Vegas is one of those towns that there's so much opportunity to get free alcohol that I have a hard time, you know, thinking about paying for it because you can do that in any other city. Uh, exactly. Uh, whenever I travel, I always try to get some of the local pizza. Where's the best pepperoni pizza in, in Vegas? I think the best pizza in Vegas is Secret Pizza at Cosmo, which is literally like Secret Pizza. It's like hidden on like level three of what is it, the Boulevard Tower or whatever. It's classic New York style pizza. And I'm originally from the New York area. And that to me is proper pizza. They have a link to them on Facebook. And if you Google uh, Secret Pizza Cosmo, you know, a lot of people talk about it and tell you how to find it. It's really sort of funny because they're not listed on the Cosmo website anywhere and they don't have their own website, they have a Facebook page, but I really think Secret Pizza is uh, pretty good. I can also give you a bonus. I can tell you the best hot dogs. Okay. There's a casino downtown called D Las Vegas and they've got this Coney dog place, which is like, I think a, they're all from Detroit, these hot dogs. Hot dogs are great there, really, really good. And they're open 24 hours a day. It's really good stuff. And they can put all kinds of stuff on it, but I just like them plain. But I think they actually call them Coney dogs. But uh, the hot dogs at uh, at this place at D Las Vegas, they also have a really good chili. And like I said, open 24 hours, D Las Vegas downtown. Also, really good casino to check out. Super duper. The D is uh, Delano, right? No. Is that the same, is that the same one or is that, that's no, a different no. one? No, Delano is part of Mandalay Bay. That used to be the hotel. The oh, okay. D Las Vegas is a is a uh, casino downtown, which years ago used to be uh, Fitzgerald's. They own another hotel called uh, Golden Gate, and it's owned by this guy Derek Stevens. And it's really cool properties downtown. I mean, you get a lot more bang for your buck downtown gambling. The minimum bets are lower. The comps are easier. If you want a really cool gambling experience, a little loud sometimes, the D is the place to go. I mean, it's crazy. It's wild. It's loud. It's a fabulous place to play dice. They have all these like dancing dealers and stuff, and it's cool. And downtown is different Las Vegas, and you should definitely give it, you know, people should give it a chance because uh, it's pretty impressive. And they have a, and they have something called the Long Bar, which is a super long bar. That's another great place to get drinks, and they have all the flair bartenders. And they're also doing, like, on football on Sundays, they're doing all this, like, broadcasting of games in this outdoor space that they have behind the D. Lots of, lots of really good stuff going on on Fremont. So uh, definitely something to check out. And, you know, I'll give you uh, – I'll make sure you have all the links to include for all this stuff because these are these are some good places to go. And you got to get away from the strip sometimes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I've been downtown at the Fremont Street experience, and it's definitely something that you really should experience at least one night while you're in Vegas. So like you said, we're going to include all the links for everything we talked about in the show notes. But Michael, you and I have been friends for quite a while, but can you tell the listeners who you are and what it is that you do and, and why uh, you are the one that knows everything about Vegas? Well, I've been curating, I guess, a uh, passion project of mine, which is a website called Travel Zork, which is mostly about Vegas, Atlantic City gambling and casino loyalty programs with a very heavy a very heavy slant towards casino loyalty and casino gaming. We talk about things like you know, how to play video poker, how to approach it, different strategies. We talk about dice. We talk a lot about comps. We talk about cool low roller casinos. I think we recently talked about like why Hooters might be a cool low roller casino to go to. 
And we do casino reviews and just a lot of that. And we do a little bit of the geeky miles and points stuff, but we've been, we've been staying much more focused on the, on the Vegas casino uh, niche because we just feel it's something that we do well. And there isn't as much of that out there. So travels orc it is. Sure. And then you have a, a conference where people can come and attend and learn in person, right? Yes, it is called Zorkfest, and we've done two of them. The last one was in May, and and basically, it's a travel loyalty and casino loyalty conference, and we teach it all. So we go into a lot of the travel loyalty and miles and points stuff that we all know so well, and I know a lot of your listeners are really into. And then we also try to relate it and teach people about the casino loyalty, because we think that's uh, pretty important. Right on. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way through the website, social media, what's the best way to reach you? Social media is a great way to meet me <laughs> or reach me. And I happen to love Twitter and you can basically tweet me at Travelzork. I tend to be on Twitter all of the time. Other good ways to find me are on, uh, we have a Facebook group, which is a Travelzork Zorkcast Facebook group. Zorkcast is a podcast which I do, uh, I'm supposed to do it a couple times a week, but lately it's been a little bit crazy. It's a short format podcast where I talk about travel and gambling. We have a Facebook group there where we talk about all kinds of stuff that usually has to do with gambling. So you could always find me on that Facebook group. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Travelzork. Everything's at Travelzork. So it's pretty easy to find me. Listeners, if you're in the US, uh, in the Western Hemisphere, and you're up late at night trying to figure out what to do, Michael's in the London, so he's six hours ahead. He'll be waking up in the morning. He'll be able to answer your, your text and your tweets, so don't worry about that. But hey, Michael, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate it. You know, again, I wish I could just sit here and listen to your, all your stories for hours. But next time we see each other in person, we're going to have to buy you a drink or get a free one, and then that way we can listen even more. Absolutely. That Well, no, the best thing, here's the super play. When you're gambling, you get your friends to pay the tips for the drinks. Then the drinks are really totally free. Exactly. I need more friends like that. <laughs> After talking with Michael, I'm ready to cash in on some of those casino loyalty programs. The idea of free drinks, comped rooms, and beating the casino has me super excited. I've left more than my fair share of money in Las Vegas. Now it's time to put the odds back in our favor and get some of that money back. What's the favorite thing you learned about Las Vegas casino loyalty programs? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash casino or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when we build sandcastles at the beach in St. Petersburg, Florida with Jen Smith of savingswithspunk.com. We hope you'll join us when we travel there. Thank you for listening to the show. Please share this podcast with your friends and tell them what you enjoyed most. Make sure you subscribe so that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts about travel, I suggest learning about your favorite boarding area travel bloggers with a Now Boarding podcast hosted by Ed Pizza. Each episode features an in-depth interview with one writer to discover their passion for travel and rewards. Let me know what you think.